We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, little delay there right out the start. Apologies for that. My name is Steven. Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Excited to uh, talk some off-season content today with my guys Tyler and Arjun. Arjun, we'll start with you, man. What's up? How are you doing? And uh, are you excited for spring break, your, your trip to Indianapolis? How's that, how's that going to be? Yeah, pretty excited. Uh, so for those who don't know, I'm going to uh, just go to the NFL Combine for fun, uh, something I've always kind of thought about doing. And now that's my spring break's kind of aligned with it, you know, figured might as well just make the drive down and excited to be back back on. Have done a live stream with you guys in a little bit, I think, since pretty much the last uh, the playoff game. So excited to be back and uh, talk Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. Going to have a lot of great conversations from a contract standpoint today with Arjun. Uh, nobody knows that kind of business better than Arjun on Chargers Twitter, and certainly I would argue in, in general on Twitter. So very excited to get his thoughts on, on how the Chargers kind of clean up the cap sheet a little bit this year heading into free agency. Uh, Tyler's here as well, man. Tyler, uh, your background's looking complete, looking great. I see some uh, Star Wars Legos in there. So what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, I'm a nerd, um, but we're here to talk <laughs> football, the real like non-nerdy stuff. Um, oh, wait, no, we are doing nerdy stuff today because of the cap stuff. So you know what? Yeah, I'm a nerd, whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, the best kind of nerd to be is somebody who loves pop culture stuff and also loves football. So, you know, uh, that's what I was told myself uh, growing up. So uh, <laughs> lots of fun today. Uh, having these kind of conversations is going to be, uh, I think, provide a lot of clarity for us as well as, you know, a lot of 
where the Chargers can go over the next couple of weeks. So um, if you've been watching on our channel, Arjun has done some videos already, uh, in particular on the Drew Tranquil, Morgan Fox contracts, as well as Trey Pipkins. Uh, he's been tweeting about them as well. So we kind of have a, a baseline there. Obviously, he just tweeted out the uh, Justin Herbert contract extension that he would propose. Um, so we, we have some idea of, of how the Chargers could go this offseason. Uh, but today we're going to talk about cuts. We're going to talk about restructures. We're going to talk about a bunch of those uh, potential re-signings and figure out a way that the Chargers can get under the cap and then kind of work it around and get some of these signings in with that new number in the future. So um, excited to dive into all of that uh, with Arjun here. So Arjun, before we get started, I'm curious, what was your uh, general reaction from social media about that uh, nine-year Justin Herbert contract proposal? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought you're going to have a lot of trolls kind of saying, oh, you're never going to win with anything. Like they haven't been able to win with him already. And like you pay him all that money, it's going to be even tougher. Um, but it, it was, it was fine. I think the general reaction was more positive. Just like looking at some of the, um, specifics of the contract, got some good feedback there about, you know, adjustments I should make and adjustments I eventually did make. Um, and yeah, I think the big takeaway for me actually was the, the Justin Herbert extension does not help the Chargers in 2023 in terms of their cap hit, which, mm. you know, I'm sure we'll talk about. But what will eventually happen is, depending on how big the signing bonus is for Justin Herbert, his cap hit is at least going to go up at least like two or three million dollars mm. by my projection. So we'll talk about that at the end. But that was kind of one big takeaway I had when like putting his contract together. Mm. Yeah, see, I haven't I didn't know Arjun posted that. So I'm going to his Twitter right now to find out. <laughs> a little behind there tyler it's all good um all right so we're we are gonna uh share our screen or have arjun share his screen i should say uh get over the cap up here and uh use their cap calculator which is a fantastic feature uh we do not use the yes word on this show we're we're solely over the cap people on this show um and uh excited <laughs> to dive into all of that with arjun today so um you know first things first we do have some uh, cuts to make, and then we'll go from, like I said, we'll go through all of this from a uh, cap clearing standpoint. So, uh, Arjun, if you want to put that up on the screen, there we go. Um, we talked, you know, Tyler, Al Tyler and I, and Alex as well, at least somewhat, uh, some of these kind of big question marks. And so, um, Arjun, I'm curious to get your thoughts here. Obviously, I, I think we can pencil in Matt Filer as a, as a cut candidate already and, and just kind of, yeah. you know, make the easy one first here. Um, where do you land on cutting some of these bigger names for the Chargers? I know obviously Keenan Allen has been uh, suggested by Daniel Popper and, and others who have, you know, been covering the team that maybe, you know, that's kind of the easiest, that's another easy one that the Chargers could potentially make, at least in terms of uh, clearing some cap space. So where do you land on uh, what we might see out of Keenan Allen and his contract this offseason? Yeah, so... I know I kind of proposed myself that the Chargers should consider moving on from Keenan Allen. The thing I was talking about, though, is I don't necessarily see the value of just cutting him outright. The only way I'd want to move on from him is through a trade. And even then, I think I've started to come around that, like, it seems like the receiving uh, class in this draft isn't that great. And the guy that the Chargers might have to take a 21 or in the second round might not be ready to, like, really contribute year one. So I'm coming around to keeping Keenan Allen just because I don't think he's going to have much trade value either as a 31 year old with, with only uh, two years left on his deal. Um, 
But at the end of the day, I don't think he should or will be a cut candidate. I just don't see Tom Telesco kind of moving on from a guy that he drafted and has kept a long, kept for this long. So in terms of Keenan Allen, I think he's safe unless they decide to trade him for, you know, a date like a round three pick or something. And the other one I think a lot of people have been talking about is Khalil Mack. I just don't see that happening. I think when you restructure a player's deal in the previous year, the chances that they get cut in the year after is extremely low. And I think you talk about how much Brandon Staley loves this guy. I mean, he's literally yeah. like, you know, coddled him. Not coddled him, that's a bad word. He's like, you know, kind of brought him up to the team. Like, this is what he does. Like, this is who he is. Like, multiple times in, in those kind of like press conferences and in the locker room, I just don't see that kind of move happening, especially given that Cleo Mack was one of the few people who kept the Chargers defense afloat when uh, Joey Bosa was out. Yeah, Khalil is that archetype that we know that Brandon Staley uh, wants to kind of, you know, show everybody and say, hey, this is in terms of like production, in terms of culture, in terms of leadership, Khalil is who we want around here. And like, this is, these are the kind of players that we want to build around. So uh, I would be shocked if they cut Khalil Mack. We can talk today a little bit about uh, restructure possibility, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm on the same page about Khalil Mack there. Yeah, I would agree with the restructure and with Brandon's daily stay staying, you know, I think you're safe there. And I like Arjun's point, as we've talked about, about this receiver class and really just anyone you can draft in the first round. We're assuming that they can do something similar to what Keenan Allen can provide. And honestly, odds are they won't. You know, it's not very, it's not easy for them to just go and do what Keenan Allen did the last eight games of the season. Now, they might be healthy all 17 games, but that doesn't mean they're very productive and you could just easily get, you know, Melvin Gordon's like 640 yards in 2015 or Mike Williams, 95 yards in, in 2017. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning that they keep Keenan Allen. I've, I've leaned that way the whole time. And I just don't think I get it. Like in terms of just looking at a spreadsheet, sure, it makes sense to cut him. But that's like it. That's where it stops for me. Yeah, I think an underrated aspect. And we'll talk about this when we get to our actual like wide receiver show. Um, but if you look at most of the wide receivers in this class, like the most of the top of this wide receiver class, they're all coming from air raid systems. They're all coming from mm -hmm. like run a go route, run a curl route, run a run a crossing route. You run like three or four routes. And so the complexity adjustment that and all of these receivers at the top are going to have as rookies is, is going to be a lot like, you know, I'm not going to say that this is going to be like a JT Wood situation where you draft a receiver in the first round and they just don't play at all. But, you know, expecting this class that's very air raid heavy, doesn't have like truly elite wide receiver one prospects to come in and replace Keenan Allen. Like, I think that's asking a ton of these guys. So um, we'll, we'll talk about Keenan Allen's uh, contract situation, how we want how we want to address that. So, um, Arjun, you can go ahead and start uh, Matt Filer mm -hmm. off and, and cut cut him and then we'll see where we're at from there. Yeah, so cutting Matt Filer, um, which give the give the Chargers six point five million dollars in cap savings so you'll move from about negative 20 million to negative 14 so that one's the obvious one it, it feels like you either have a built-in replacement with jamari salyer if that's the way they decide to go or they can go get a much cheaper guy who would probably cost like one or two million similar to an ode abushi in free agency or you know in the mid rounds of a draft similar to like what the bengals did with like cordell wilson so i think mm -hmm. matt filer easy cut candidate the second one I want to do, um, it feels pretty obvious also, but Justin Hopkins, it, it's weird because the dead money on his contract outweighs uh, the cap savings, but it just doesn't make sense to keep him, especially with the way Cameron Dicker performed towards the end of the year. I know he missed a kick in the playoffs, but you know it, it happens, and for the most part, he was pretty much nails throughout the regular season. So those are the two 
for sure that I had coming into this uh, simulation? And is there, do you guys have any other kind of candidates or want to talk about the two that I made? I mean, if you want to offer any insight for Gerald Everett, but otherwise, like that's that's pretty much it. I think we all decided that Everett was a guy that they keep at this point. Mm -hmm. So if you have a different, you know, if there's some reason you thought of to keep him, go for it. Otherwise, I think we're all on board here. Yeah, no, I, I'm keeping Everett um, again for it. Like Chargers don't really cut players with a, like a pretty, at least medium dead cap charge. $4 million is, is a decent amount for the Chargers to pay for a player. That's not going to be on their team. And I think for the most part, he was productive. And I don't see a way that they're going to cut him. Um, you know, again, we can talk about Keenan Allen. He's going to save you $14.8 million. But again, that's a, about a $7 million dead cap charge. The kind of like benefit doesn't really outweigh what it's going to cost them. And, um, you know, the other one, I guess, like the 33rd team has been floating out, which I completely disagree with, Khalil Mack. I understand, you know, you have a pretty big cap savings, 18.4 million, but a $9 million dead cap charge is extremely high. Um, and again, I just don't see the Chargers doing business that, the, that way. Plus, I mean, just looking at the 2024, you have a $23 million cap savings for Keenan Allen and a $23 million cap savings for Khalil Mack if they choose to release them next year. So I don't really see anyone else other than Filer and Hopkins getting cut this year. And so those are the only two that I will be making right now. Yeah, you know, we'll touch on uh, touching on Gerald Everett first. Similar to Keenan Allen, like I, I don't think you get better by cutting him outright. Again, like yep. even if you like if you cut him, you're almost penciling yourself into we have to draft Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid in the first round. And obviously everybody knows how I feel about Dalton Kincaid, but it's like, what if that player struggles? What if that player gets injured? And then you're looking at Trey McKitty as tight end one. So I think the league right now is in a place with tight ends that you want multiple guys who can come in and, and be contributors. So if somebody throws like a third round pick at me for, for Gerald Everett, I could consider that, but mm -hmm. um, I'm not cutting Gerald Everett outright. And, and as Arjun mentioned, you know, the, the cap savings versus dead money, that is a big factor here uh, overall with this team. And Tom Telesco has, has shown that repeatedly that he doesn't want to take on a ton of dead cap money. If they can kind of keep that player and maybe rework some other things around them. Yeah, exactly. And again, when, when you have a player on your rookie deal, you don't want to take on dead cap in that period, like in the future, maybe, but like right now, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to accumulate dead cap. Uh, Todd, is there anything you want to add? Because I saw you unmuted your mic there. I was actually just curious what Cameron Dicker's contract would look like, because if you cut Dustin yeah. Hopkins, what does Dicker's 2023 look like? Is the ultimate savings $400,000? Um, Yeah, Dicker's like an uh exclusive mm -hmm. rise free agent so he's gonna cost probably like less than a million so mm -hmm. it it would be so right now uh hopkins was um three million against the cap so it would be pretty much be like three million dollars less than what dustin hopkins is or two million dollars less okay. than dustin, dustin hopkins is getting gotcha yeah so i guess we can move on to restructures um and i'm just going to reference a tweet i put i put out yesterday uh, to get under the cap, the Chargers have to restructure money from Keenan Allen, who is a 31-year-old. You know, we can say it now, like majority majority plays in the slot, you know, getting a little bit older, mm -hmm. a little bit slower. Corey Lindsley, who I think is one of the best centers in the league, uh, had a really, really good year last year when he was on the field, but has knee tendonitis problems, and, you know, that could linger. Mike Williams, who's been good, again, with Justin Herbert, but – it kind of injury prone. I know he hasn't missed too many games like outright, but he's gotten injured during games, left games. We know how, you know, injuries work with Mike. 
Joey Bosa, who, you know, coming off a, a 14 game absence this year and, you know, has kind of, I feel like not been there from like a mental standpoint. Like I feel like he's gotten a little bit more angrier and, and kind of just like lost his way there. But I think he's still a great player and he still adds a lot of value to the team. And the Khalil Mack, 32 years old, uh, had a great year this year. But again, you're, do you really want to be structuring money for a 32 year old player? And I don't think that answer is yes. So that's where the Chargers are at. Those are the only really five players I would, I see them restructuring. There is one more player and that would be Sebastian Joseph Day. But I think for the most part, uh, the only five players I would see them restructuring are Bosa, Mack, Allen, Williams, and Lindsley. So, Finally, yeah. oh, sorry. Nope. Go for it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So just to reiterate what restructuring means, I, I'm sure everyone kind of understands it. But restructuring doesn't mean, you know, you just, you you, you know, you uh, take away the cap it from this year and it just magically goes away. You're moving money into next year. So we're already, you know, creating more problems for 2024. But that's, again, just how the Chargers have set up this kind of window is they're going to be restructuring deals and, and having to push money into the future. So right now, before the restructures, we're about $12.5 million um, under the uh, over the cap. So the players you want to restructure are players that you know are going to be on the roster next year or at least for the immediate two or three years so the first person to me that kind of you know resembles that is corey lindsley restructuring him we would convert 9.3 uh million dollars of his base salary into a signing bonus and that would save us 6.2 million dollars against the cap any uh any uh pushback there for lindsley so just uh corey lindsley has three years left on his deal that he signed yes. in 2021 to come to the Chargers. So um, I, I'm completely on board with this. I know Corey Lindsley has, you know, the, the need to deny his issues, but to me, uh, you know, that is something that you can manage. And I think, I mean, he played, you know, fantastically down the end of the stretch of the season, back half of the season, he was arguably, you know, the best pass blocking center in the league. So mm -hmm. uh, no issues here. Like to me, this is, this is the easiest one to do because it's you know mm -hmm. you're, you know that this player is going to be on the team for you know at least through next season. I would argue that he still probably has two more years of, of high end football, and then we'll see kind of what he ages like. So that's another thing. Like people are like, oh, the Chargers should draft a center in the third round. I'm like, they don't need a backup center right now that could be a future starter. Like they're good, they're good with Corey Lindsay. I think he's going to be on the team for the next two or three years. We'll see what happens after 2024. But yeah, to me, Lindsay's is a no brainer place to start here. Yeah, no brainer for me too. Perfect. Now this is where we get, you know, it gets a little bit interesting. And this is where, you know, you have to make a decision about who you think is going to be on the roster, right? So I'm just going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, click the restructure button so people can see what the potential cap savings are if uh, the Chargers restructure their deal. So you can see Joey Bosa offers the most cap savings of any player if they decide to max restructure his, his deal. He would save about $15.2 million against the 2023 cap. Khalil Mack would save about 10.8, Keenan Allen's 8.9, and Mike Williams is 5.5. So because Mike Williams has the lowest, I don't really see them really restructuring his deal. I think anyway, he's going to be on the team in 2024 because he's going to have a dead cap charge of $7 million if they cut him next year. So for me, the only real person I see them restructuring is Joey Bosa. Now I talked about how I think, you know, coming off a major injury and, you know, it seems like he re-aggravated that injury in the playoffs. That could be a little bit of a concern, but he's still a very good player. I don't think you can just replace a top 
six, top seven edge rusher uh, production if you decide to trade him. I know that's people have been kind of floating that out there. Like Joey Bosa will get, you know, a, a first round pick. We don't really know that. Like Khalil Mack got traded for a second and a fifth. Like Joey Bosa, that might be his market coming off a year where he played five games, right? So I don't see them trading him. I don't necessarily see him, see Brandon Brandon still. You want to trade a marquee player on his defense? If he was an offensive coach, he might want he might be willing to trade. But I don't see Bosa getting traded. And so because he offers this much cap savings, I think they they go ahead and restructure. And I just don't think that you know he kind of leaves the team given how much he matters. So you mentioned uh, max restructure. Yeah. What's what are what's the chances that they, the Chargers would go full max in your opinion, or are we talking like? Maybe they kind of work it to a way like I guess my question is because we see some teams recently like the Saints, obviously, it's like, you know, they converted like four million dollars of signing bonus to X player. So what in your opinion, what are the chances that the Chargers would go full max restructure for Joey Bosa? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pretty high. Um I think okay. just because they need the space and like they they have like holes to fill in free agency, they are gonna try to create as much cap space as they can. If they don't, so like you know, the the rule of thumb is you normally convert about eighty percent of the proratable money. So in this case, the only proratable money on Joey Bosa's contract is his base salary, right? So we can convert up to eighty percent of that base salary, um, or a little bit more, uh, in in a max structure. So if they decide to go something lower, right? Say they go, they only decide to convert fifteen million of that base salary. Um, that would that would only save about $10 million against the 2023 cap. I just don't see that happening because that means you have to restructure more deals. That ha- that means you have more players that you're kind of making a bet to that they're going to stay on the roster. So for me, I think it's a it's a max restructure. And I think they, they do that with every player. They decide to uh, restructure in this in this scenario. So what does Joey Bosa's cap hit in 2024 look like then if they restructure? Yeah, good question. So if they restructure his cap, it goes up to $36.6 million. And <laughs> it works out. <laughs> and he's, you know, again, he will be pro- like pretty much uncuttable. Then you have a $7 million dead cap charge. It, I know this is way in the future, but you know, he will, uh, you know, have a $32 million dead cap hit in our 32 million or $33 million cap hit in 2025. But yeah, again, you're just, the money just doesn't go away. You're just pushing it into the future and making it more difficult for you in uh, future years. So, uh, but that's just the state of where the Chargers are. And that's a move I think they have to make. So you restructured Joey Bosa this year. When would be the earliest that you could get out of his contract through a cut? Yeah, so um, you probably wouldn't get out of it in 2024. In 2025, you could. It uh, says there's a $0 million dead cap charge. I do think, though, um, this number is a little bit off. I just want to – let me just double-check this real quick because I didn't – yeah, so um, what actually happens is his his dead money in 2024 goes up to $14.6 million, and his dead money in 2025 goes up to $7.6 million. So he's pretty much uncuttable if you – if you decide to uh, restructure, max restructure his deal. So he's a charger for life pretty much, or at least until his uh, second contract finishes up. Wow. So wow. just, again, things to consider. Um, you could, again, you could go the route of trading him away, get a couple picks back. But again, you're not, re- it's tough to replace 
you know, the the production he has, the impact he has, you know, with double teams and, you know, how much attention teams give him. So I, I just don't see Brandon Staley doing it, and especially in a year where he's not – I don't know if he's really on the hot seat, but, you know, they, there has to be some results, especially in the playoffs, and Joey Bosa is uh, a playoff impact person. So, look, we're, we're $8.9 million under the cap, right? Like, we're this is it. Like, we have the money. This is wrong. We still <laughs> need more money because okay. – this isn't considering that the Chargers need to sign the rookie class. Yeah. And so according to over the cap, I think the Chargers need about $3 million to sign their rookie class. That might be a little bit off, but I think that's, if I did my research right, that is the right number. So they need $3 million. Yeah. So let's subtract three. You have 5.9 million. Woohoo. You still need about three to $4 million in rollover cap to account for in-season budgeting. You need to sign players off the practice squad. You need to pick up street free agents like Keelan Doss or something. You need about, you know, three to 4 million there. So 5.9 million goes down to 1.9 million. So that's what, that's what we're working with right now. $1.9 million in cap space entering free agency. You're getting nothing with that. So we need more money. So we have to restructure another deal. And yeah. to me, the Hold only on, person they reached. Sorry. I just want to yeah. I want to get Tyler's yeah. thoughts on something real quick here before because me and him have talked about the Joey Bosa situation. So uh, at this point, the Chargers basically, as Arjun's talking here, they have zero money still to this point uh, to out go out and, and uh, sign anybody. So, Tyler, I want to ask you here. Chargers restructure Joey Bosa means next year is a thirty six million dollar cap hit. Does that mm-hmm. change things for you in terms of potentially trading him? Uh, okay. <sighs> I'm less against it than you are. I'll say that much. I know you're more, I know, I know where you stand yeah. and I'm slightly less against it because at some point, some difficult decision is going to have to be made with somebody. Um, I would think unless it's just, mm-hmm. Hey, we all restructure everyone and everything's okay. And maybe that happens, but some tough decision is going to happen. That is a big cap hit next year. I kind of would want to see how Justin Herbert's contract is built into the next few years as well to see where the Chargers are at over the next few years. Because, I mean, if I'm looking at 2024, hey, $42 million. Hey, 2025, $171 million. Well, let's bake in some, you know, Herbert contracts into that. I'm kind of curious what that looks like in the landscape of the contracts, the cap situation, if Herbert's contract is built into what we're looking at. Okay. Yeah, because I I wanted to ask you, because I've... I feel like that doesn't change how I feel about Joey Bosa. Obviously, you know, we'll see what happens there. Maybe they restructure him again next year or, or something. Ask him to take a pay cut. I don't know. But uh, to me, you, you you keep him. He's a young player still in his prime. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to get your opinion there. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Arjun. You can uh, okay. move on now to the to the next one you want to talk about here. Yeah. And, and one other thing I want to mention, I know a lot of people like to get kind of fancy with, oh, you can post June 1, cut this guy. You can post June 1 trade. It's, it's cool to, you know, kind of throw those ideas out, but you really have to like know what you're talking about. And this is not like looking down on anyone. I just want to help educate. If you post June one, cut someone, right? So let's say Keenan Allen, right? 14.8 million. If you cut him pre pre June one, if you designate him as a post June one cut, you save about $2.6 million more. And so people would be like, why don't, why don't you just do that instead? Well, if you post June one, cut a player you only realize the cap savings after June 1st. So you're not going to get the $17 million, $17.5 million until after June 1st. So you're not going to be able to go out and sign any big free agents. You're not going to be able to fill holes until June 1st. So, you know, everything that 
I'm talking about is going to happen pre-June 1st, just because the Chargers need the cap space now to go out and get their guys to re-sign their guys. So, uh, so that was just a little kind of like... That's a great point. Inf- yeah, info thing there. So we need to restructure one more deal. We have $1.9 million in cap space. And to <laughs> me, because Keenan Allen, you know, $23.1 million cap hit in, in uh, 2024, because I've, I've kind of seen him and Staley kind of not get along as much. We saw the tweets during the Brown game. We, Brown's game, we saw what he said. Because I think it's easier to replace a receiver's production, given that you have an elite quarterback versus replace an elite edge rusher with Chris Rumpf, I think they go ahead and restructure Khalil Max deal and make him not a Chargers for, Charger for life, but more likely to stay on the roster. So I think they go ahead and max restructure his deal and add $10.9 million to their cap savings, bringing our total cap savings to about $12 million after accounting for the rookie class and in-season budgeting. So we're at $12 million right Woo-hoo. now. We're swimming in cash now. Let's go. <laughs> um, what does this yeah. do, obviously, for Khalil's uh, 2024 future after re- max restructuring him? Yeah, so this moves his cap hit to $38.6 million. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so next year, the Chargers, with two players, will have probably the most cap space accounted or accounting for the edge room of any team in the league, probably in NFL history, up until this up until 2024. So again, things to consider: the money just doesn't go away. The cap is real. I don't like the cap. You can say the cap is fake, and the, this is how you manipulate the cap. Eventually, you pay up, and eventually, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa aren't going to give you surplus value based on how much you're paying them in or how much they account for the cap in that exact year. But those are right now to me all the restructures I wanted to make. I don't know. There's, you know, we could talk about SJD, but I don't mm-hmm. really see a need for that right now, given that they have about $12 million, but that's kind of everything I was talking about right now. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you don't draft more than one edge rusher in three seasons or whatever. You're stuck with two <laughs> guys making $74 million in 2024, because this is the best shot that you had. And like, I get it. These aren't terrible players or anything. They're not like stuck with bad players or anything, but that's what happens when you don't allocate resources towards wide receiver, towards edge rusher. You end up with this. So, Arjun, if you did um, maybe a smaller restructure, what would that look like for Khalil and his 2024 number? Uh, yeah. So, if I so say we only restructured his base salary and we kept his roster bonus in for uh, 2023, we would save. We would lose about. Um, yeah, we would lose $5.7 million pretty much, I think, or something around that number in cap savings. And so then so, 2024, would he, so would that put him at like 30 million cap number for next year? 35.7. So not a huge difference at all. Yeah. So again, like the 3 million, like the, the margins do matter, believe me, but I just think they go ahead and max restructure and, you know, keep sure. pushing money into the future, into the future, into the future. So. That's uh, that's kind of where all the restructures that I was planning to make. Um, I, I know we could quickly just look at what Sebastian Justin Day would cost. So you restructure, you only save about two point seven million. I just don't think that's really worth it right now. Um, so I think this is all the restructures I wanted to make. So just just out of curiosity, if you did restructure Sebastian, uh, what does that do for him in twenty twenty four? 
Yeah, so restructure him. Um, his cap it goes up to twelve point seven million dollars, which isn't like too unreasonable. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's not 38 million. <laughs> so <laughs> no, that I think that is something though that they could, you know, because they didn't restructure Khalil until after they spent money. Like they went out and signed people. And then it was like, hey, like we need some more space to go get like Gerald Everett and working some other people. So I think that is something that would make sense like down the road, like after you, you know, hand out some extensions, resign some people, and they're like, hey, like we need to go make you know, a couple of vet minimum moves or something like that. I think, yeah. you know, restructuring Sebastian would make sense at that point, but like heading into free agency, I don't think you have to do that. Yeah. And you could always, you know, wait on it a little bit, see where you are after the first couple of days and make that move. But um, so yeah, that's the restructures. Um, I'm going to undo Sebastian Dosen day. It's time to go on to the extensions. So, mm-hmm. um, so first, you know, uh, this is you know from Tyler, right? So Austin Eckler, we have to talk about what a potential extension could look like for him. Um, that is something that could be on the table, and you know that is something where uh, you know if he gets extended, then they would save a little bit of money. So right now, uh, for reference, his cap number is seven point seven five million. So we decide to extend him. You know the contract that I would think he would get extended to. So he signed a four year six point five million dollar APY deal or six point two five when he signed back in 2020 so if they extend him he's going to get a pay raise i don't know till what i hope it's nothing more than like 11 11 million would be my max that i would give him and i wouldn't even give him that but i think something reasonable could be a two-year 
10 million dollar 10 million apy so two years 20 million dollar extension is that how does that sound to you guys for you guys good sorry i was typing something in the private chat um works for me yeah so the the running back market i think is gonna be interesting to see because there's so many guys up for free agency this year um i mean saquon and tony pollard could potentially get tagged maybe they get something uh done there aaron jones just took a pay cut um so i would be curious you know if the chargers theoretically wanted to extend austin eckler what does that kind of contract look like you know he's he's kind of hitting the he's kind of starting or at the starting point of of potentially declining i mean i think because of his receiving value that wouldn't necessarily be as as drastic as say somebody like a dalvin cook who was pretty freaking bad this year um so i am (laughs) curious to see (laughs) <laughs> i am curious to see what the running back looks like the market looks like yeah and ideally you're talking about the chargers doing this before free agency even starts yeah because you know i mean josh jacobs and saquon in my opinion are both going to get tagged uh so that could be something to look mm-hmm. for if they get an actual multi-year deal that could help to set the market but I, I just think two years 20 million is would probably be the place where i'd start so here's here's what would happen you know when eckler signed his uh extension back in 2020 he had a six million dollar signing bonus which was 1.5 prorated i think if he signs a two-year extension he gets like a 4.5 million dollar signing bonus which would be like 2.25 apy but would also basically mean um 1.5 of that 4.5 would go into 2023 so right now his his cap has actually gone up from 7.75 uh to to 9.25 so that's bad but again, the, the beauty about extensions is you're able to move money around. So what I think will happen is the Chargers will take four million of this 2023 base salary. So they'll so they'll make 6.25 base salary into 2.25, and they'll put that in let's say this number and fully guarantee this. So this would be uh, that's too much like that. Or actually, this will this would probably be a little bit more. So probably be like, dang it. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna let's make this like uh, sorry seven seven and a half million, and then let's just like fully guarantee that something like that. I'm not saying this is what what is actually gonna happen. And at the end of the day, all we care about is this cap number, so I'm not gonna go like too deep in it. But right now, the Chargers would add 1.5 million dollars in the in the signing bonus part of Austin Eckler's deal, but would save four million dollars from their base salary so the difference in that is about 2.5 million so they would save about 2.5 million dollars by my projection if they decide to extend austin eckler with a 4.5 million dollar signing bonus does that make sense yes but don't ask me to repeat it back to you okay (laughs) so basically yeah and and goal charter say 2.5 million dollars if they decide to extend austin eckler with this kind of structure yeah not that i'm saying yeah sorry I was gonna. I was just gonna say. So basically, you give Austin Eckler more money this year in the form of a signing bonus. You yeah. give him another year of of a contract for next season, and then this kind of structure would still allow you to move on from him after twenty twenty four. Correct. Yeah, and I I don't even necessarily think like this is how I would do it. Like this twenty twenty four cap, it would probably be a little bit lower. But they love Austin Eckler, so I wouldn't be surprised if they give him more money up front and just fully guarantee that first year, and then you have a kind of an out in that second year. But Let's let's do this, and you would see the Chargers add about, like I said, two point five million dollars in their cap space. So, if I did this right, we're probably at like fourteen point five million dollars in cap space entering free agency. 
Now let's talk about the big fish, Mr. Justin Herbert. Um, if you haven't gone to my Twitter, I've posted a, what a possible Justin contract or Justin Herbert contract extension could look like just to give the kind of outline. It's a nine-year deal, uh, $463.5 million. So 51.5 APY with a $52.5 million signing bonus. I, I did a lot of research into it. It's not just something I'm throwing out. I'm also, I also mentioned how it's not a deal I think Justin Herbert is going to take. He's mm -hmm. wrecked by athletes first, which is the best, you know, one of the best agencies out there. Guys like David Mulugeta work for them. Like they're not just, they're not going to take a nine-year deal. I know that. That's just something I would propose if I was working for the Chargers or if I was working for a team and proposing a deal to an elite quarterback, that's kind of the structure I would go. So what does that mean for the Chargers? Well, again, I'm not going to, you know, add all of these years and go through everything. I just want to talk <laughs> about what it means for the Chargers current 2023 cap. Sure. So what I think is going to happen, this base salary is not going to change. I don't think it changes. What's going to happen is this non-prorated bonus is as a signing bonus. So the Chargers gave a signing bonus to Justin Herbert in his year four, and that, that is $3.2 million. What I think will happen is once the Chargers give their extension, they'll turn this roster bonus into like a signing bonus or an option bonus, and this just goes away. So this will go away from 2023. So that's good, right? We saved $3.2 million. However, there is going to be a signing bonus for Justin Herbert. We don't know how big. We don't know how small. Russell Wilson got 50 million, I think, over five years. Kyler Murray got 36 over five. We can reasonably assume it's somewhere in that range, maybe a little bit larger. But depending on the years, I think that will dictate the signing bonus. So to me, if you, you know, I think it's going to end up being an actual five-year deal. We take like 45 divided by six because the max number of years you can you can prorate a signing bonus is six. You take. Let's do an easier number for uh, dividing purposes. $42 million signing bonus over six years. So six years is referring to, just really quick, the one old year, which is 2023 and 2024, which is his fifth year option. And then the extension kicks in. So, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit complicated, but basically say we do, if we do a $42 million signing bonus, we would add um, $7 million onto Justin Herbert's cap hit in 2023. Mm. so seven million we add seven million per his signing bonus which is prorated we subtract 3.2 million from his roster bonus that we're you know moving at, like in in the future years yeah we essentially the chargers essentially lose about 3.7 3.8 million dollars on their cap sheet if they decide to extend justin herbert so we do this you can see the chargers cap space goes down by about uh 3.5 million so 14 minus 3.7, 3.8 brings us to about 10.4 or 10.3 in cap space entering free agency. Does that, I got gotcha. you. I explained that right. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, okay. So obviously this, this puts the chargers in a, in a much better situation from a cap standpoint, but you know, I see people like, suggesting you know Jalen ramsey trades or you know go get this guy <laughs> like I, somebody messaged me the other day and was like what would you think about signing jacoby myers i'm like what are we the chargers if they do this could, like again they could add in sebastian joseph day or somebody else but you know if they do that these things that we're talking about i mean you're talking about 10 million dollars in cap space for 2023 and then you're like if you're paying attention you know, before even adding in Justin Herbert's contract extension, they have $22 million in cash space for next year. So it's not like they're swimming in cash, you know, mm -hmm. like they were last year with all of these additions. So 
Um, just want to oh, preface this. Yeah. That's a big reason why we're doing this show today is because people are still messaging me about like these super expensive players. It's like, let's pump the brakes. <laughs> let's yeah. pump the brakes a little bit here. Uh, they'll be okay. Like they don't necessarily need to go big fish hunting, but they also yeah. probably can't go big fish hunting again. And I just, I just want to bring it up. So I think that's a great point about the 2024 cap hit. I'm just going to undo this real quick. So before the Justin Herbert deal, they only have $22 million in cap space. Now the fifth year option deadline is coming up. Justin Herbert himself before the extension is going to cost $29.5 million in 2024. So the go. charters have negative $7 million in cap space, folks, right? If every, if we do all of these moves and don't extend Justin Herbert just yet, we will be at negative $7 million in cap space. That is where the chargers are at in their cap sheet that I'm just putting that out there because, you know, if, like, even though we're able to, to do this and, you know, his his cap hit will go up uh, by about like $3.7 million in 2023. Luckily, we will be able to bring down his 2024 cap hit and move some of that $29.5 million around. So it's not as bad as a negative seven, but they'll still be like close to zero or in the negatives yeah. if they do the extension. I just I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was a good point, Stephen. And again, you have to be thinking in three-year cycles when you're working with the cap. And that's something that, again, the Justin Herbert extension is going to do. So getting back to this, we're sitting at about $10.3 million after all the moves. If you want to recap that, we can, but otherwise we can you know, go on to potentially signing some you know, free agents. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll do a recap at the end because you know my, my head's hurting also a little bit with all the <laughs> money talk. But why don't I'm gonna let you guys kick it off because I, I think you guys are a lot more plugged than plugged in than I am. Who is kind of the free agent that you think the Chargers will be signing back from their internal pool? Yeah, so I've said this before. I think to me you have to start with with Trey Pipkins. Um, I think some of that is also just kind of uh you know who is also potentially more expensive and that's obviously drew tranquil so um you know i don't know if tyler wants to to start somewhere else but i, I think no. we should uh start with trey pipkins here first yeah no i completely agree even if morgan fox leaves you can brain gymnastics your way into having a starting three-man front that you are okay with uh, you do not have a right tackle and uh, nor do i want to pigeonhole this team into taking a right tackle in round one so yeah pipkins back on the deal i'm all for it all right. Yeah, and I'm I just think, gonna. Yeah, sorry. Go I was gonna say. I think this also too. Like, you know, if we're <laughs> we're talking about like the long game here, right? Let's say theoretically the Chargers draft Darnell Wright in the first round. Like Trey Pipkin's gone, Darnell Wright's in the building. But then down the road, you have to extend Rashawn Slater. You have to extend Zion Johnson. You have to extend Darnell Wright. Like it just adds more things. And I think Trey Pipkin's, I think, just gives them some some. Uh, What's the word I'm what's the phrase I'm trying to uh say here? Some calmness for the next few years because mm -hmm. they'll have that locked in and then you know, they can move on from him, replace him with a rookie once you're getting into more expensive contracts for Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, all that stuff. Yeah. So this is the offer I put together that I made a video on about two weeks ago. It's a three-year, seven point five million dollar APY deal. Basically, in my contract, you'd only count against, you know, you'd only count. $3.75 million against the Chargers cap in 2023. Even if my kind of projection on Pipkins and my bullishness on his market is wrong, I still think if he comes back to the Chargers, his cap in 2023 will be anywhere between 2.5 and kind of $3.75 million. So I'm just going to lock this in right now. 
Um, Trey Pipkin's back on the roster, lose about 3.75. So uh, basically, I'm just going to keep subtracting $7 million from this total. So we're sitting at about $8.5 million in cap space right now. Do you want to just sign a random person for X amount of money so you just have the number consistent? We can... Uh, oh, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Just have, just have somebody like a place taking over. up that seven and a half just, just for kicks and giggles pretty much. Uh, Sorrel? <laughs> <laughs> sure. It, it can just be somebody <laughs> random. Uh, oh, I'll go. There you go. Sure. Uh, um yeah i'm just gonna yeah I, this could be honestly what he gets uh 166 but why does he why does he go there <laughs> what did i do dang it um That's okay, okay. This, this is whatever he's gonna yeah, be you, back with it yeah sorry go steven i was gonna say you can undo that if it's easy whatever is easier for you i think tyler was just suggesting having a random yeah. person in there just uh so you can have that number and stop saying like, well, they're at 14, but really they're at seven or, or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why this like, didn't, it didn't like go against the cap correctly. Um, but it's, Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Like a, like an $8 million player. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyler oh, was just, okay. Tyler was just suggesting okay. you just put somebody in there to count $8 million against the cap. Yeah, yeah. Just, I got you. Just so you don't have to keep uh, subtracting it in your head. Okay. This should bring it down. It's like not bringing it down by the right amount. I don't know why, but this is fine. Like this is close enough. Okay. Um, okay. So setting it about $8 million in cap space. So next internal free agent to consider or, you know, any other player. Okay. So obviously they have Trey Pipkins back. They have, you know, Eckler extended in this situation. Um, you know, you, you talked about in the chat, you were the one to, to talk about the Drew Tranquil situation does this change things for you? Like, where are you at in terms of re-signing him at this point? Yeah, I just, based on what I heard, and I think he's going to have a decent market, I just don't really see a way for him coming back unless they're able to get him for, you know, an APY of like 5.5 or less, in which case I probably would make that make that um, deal. I think in any case, his cap hit in 2023 is probably going to be less than like 4.5 or $4 million dollars. But again, I think it depends on like what his overall value of the deal is. And I just right now don't think he's in their plans. And, and given the Chargers history with players that Tom Telesco has drafted, um, you know, I, I just he's only re-signed five of the 45 players he's drafted in his career, which is like a 10 percent rate. I just don't see it happening with Tranquil. And, you know, I, I am surprised you brought Pipkins up because I, I personally think he's gone, but I would want him back even though I think he's gone. And I, I just don't think they go two for two with, with this draft class, honestly. Yeah, imagine that. I, I just think that in their head canon and the way they approach it, oh, Kenneth Murray's our guy and he's our starter. We'll go get back Staley's guy, Troy Reader, and that's our linebacker duo. Does that sound yeah. not so great? Absolutely. But I just think you do not have an option to let Pipkins go right now. All right, so Tyler, let's pivot here to uh, Morgan Fox and his situation. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Jaguars just extended Roy Robertson Harris uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, you know, he gets essentially. I think it was a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. Um, so the defensive tackle market maybe kind of changing a little bit. Um, Tyler, what have you been hearing, if anything? What are you thinking about, like what a Morgan Fox contract would look like? 
I mean, in terms of hearing, it's just such a light rumor. Just this notion that the Chargers, like they, both sides, would want to get this done, um, and that's not even a surprise to anyone. I think Fox is comfortable here. He clearly had his best season here. If he wants to take a deal and then eventually get another deal, this is a place you'd want to be with a coaching staff that's clearly worked for you. You can be the starter from the get-go, and the Chargers don't have a replacement right now, really either. I think it's more manageable than Pipkins, but they still don't have a replacement. Um, I, I just don't know what this whole market. I feel like he, we're fortunate. The Chargers are fortunate. This is a player on his you know fourth team or fifth team or whatever it is on his third or fourth contract. A guy who's been cut before he's been let go by his first team um, or let walk, I should say. Um, I think this is of the players that the Chargers could re-sign. I think it's I think it's Pipkins and it's Fox, and I think that's it outside of some you know miniature. Mm-hmm signings here and there so i think it's these two guys because as it currently stands with what you know they're looking at with their roster these are the two guys that they literally i think cannot replace both with the guys that they have on the roster and really in the first round of the draft otherwise they literally will have to take a body and it might not be a good player Arjun, what do you think uh, morgan fox contract looks like if if uh what tyler is saying is right that you know the chargers and and mm. their side are are both kind of wanting this uh, reunion to happen, if you will. What what do you think a contract looks like for him? Yeah, so for reference, Morgan Fox, he kind of signed a veteran minimum deal in the kind of like middle of free agency, like after the first like couple weeks with the Chargers, yeah. it was like 1.1 million. Had a great year, definitely outplayed the contract. And, you know, I, I saw some people suggesting he might get six or seven million. I'm like, he did not six or seven times his salary in 2022 and going into 2023. I do think he deserves a significant pay raise. I don't know what he's going to get on the open market. I think he only fits a, a select number of schemes. And I think one of those yeah. is Brandon Staley's. I'm, this is what uh, my uh, coworker, Brad Spielberg at PFF, also suggested a, a two year, $9 million deal, 4.5 APY. This would count against, this would count $3.5 million against the Chargers cap in 2023. And I think. I, I am on board with bringing Morgan Fox back. I think he offers something that no other D tackle on the Chargers roster has, which is, you know, pass rushing ability. And they are going to, I feel like people are kind of underrating, like how, not bad, but like how, how much not, how, it's not going to be as good as 2022. I mean, Otito's coming off a significant injury. Mm-hmm. Austin Johnson's coming off a significant injury. Like there's going to be regression. And I think you need to have able body guys. And I think Morgan Fox on the steel would give you that. So 3.5 against the Chargers cap. Um, if you guys are good with that, I can lock that in. So r- real quick before you lock it in, what what would be the number that would make you a little bit more like uncomfortable about him coming back? Yeah, it, w- it would have to be like two years, $11 million. I just think that's a lot and i i don't know like i i think he's a i think he's a good player i I don't necessarily think he adds much against the run as some of the other guys but it's a pass rushing league and you need guys like him so i would go up to 5.25 million but anything more than that i think you just have to let him walk and and see what he's able to get on the open market because remember no team wanted him last year so I don't yeah. think there's going to be that much of a change from last year to this year. He signed a veteran minimum, minimum deal. So obviously 31 teams were happy to pass on him for, for, uh, for pebbles. Is that the uh, pebbles, sure, pennies, pennies. Whatever you want to say. pennies, pennies. Yes. Yeah. They passed on him. So I don't necessarily think his market is going to jump up this much again this year. Right. So I think those are factors to consider. Um, and I think, you know, 4.5 mil per is probably a, a solid deal for both sides. 
Yeah, I think like to Tyler's point, we we saw him go from, you know, the kind of systems that that he's been in, right? Like he plays under Wade Phillips, he plays under Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. has a career year for under Brandon Staley's system, the Vic Vangio system. He goes to Carolina, and you know Carolina's kind of running this hybrid like three three five college three four thing, doing a lot of these crazy things and playing Morgan Fox more on the edge than he did for Brandon Staley, and it didn't necessarily go that great. And now he comes back to Staley's system and he has a career season. So I think there would be some kind of like from a league standpoint, like if you are running that same kind of Vangio system, I think he would appeal to you. But if you're like, let's say, you know, like the Houston Texans or or teams running that the four, three aggressive front, that probably is not somebody that you're super interested in. So Mm -hmm. I I think he would have a market. I mean, the the Vangio stuff is everywhere at this point, but I, I can't see him getting like that. Ray Robertson Harris is still in the prime of his career. He's significantly younger and, and, and was better than Morgan Fox this year. So yeah. I think he would have a decent market, but I, I'd have a hard time predicting other teams, you know, offering more than this proposed contract for Morgan Fox. Just how I see it. What are we thinking uh, just in terms of all the contracts? Because I know last year the Chargers were very generous with guarantees. Um, are you kind of baking that into some of these as well? Like, is this a general market projection or is this more like a Chargers specific with the amount of guarantees they mm. gave last year? Good question. Yeah, good question. I think um, this is uh, this is mostly the market. I think with some of these not top of the market players, guarantees are going to be lower. And generally, like when I talked about guarantees, it was more, more so the Chargers like guaranteeing the first two years of a three-year deal or the first mm. two years of a four-year deal, just like things that you don't, it's not necessarily like a market precedent. It was just something that, that the Chargers did. But because this is only a two-year deal, um, I think, you know, the Chargers will only guarantee the first year like most teams do with two-year deals. So um, I don't necessarily think guaranteed matters as much here. And I think the signing bonus kind of lines up where other players in the market at this range would get. All right. Well, let's uh, let's lock in that Morgan Fox deal and then we'll see what the Chargers are at at that point. Yeah, so s- sitting at about $5.5 million in cap space. Haven't even gone to external free agents yet. But yeah, this is where where the Chargers are at right now. Yeah, so again, if you think that this team can go out and afford a Jalen Ramsey or somebody else, uh, I think you're sorely mistaken. So at this point, you're probably looking at, you know, two or three vet minimum contracts. Maybe you bring back somebody like a Bryce Callahan on a little bit more money than that, but I mean, you have these other external rights free agents that they have to bring back, Cameron Dicker, Brain Fajoko, you know, people like that. So, uh, again, you're this is these are the big fish that the Chargers are getting this offseason. It's re-signing Trey Pipkins and Morgan Fox. <laughs> yeah. Got to get Cooper Rush in there. <laughs> also that. Also that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of, like, realizing, I mean, like, I mean, I feel like Guyton's going to be back. Parham's going to be back. Scott's going to be back. Like, right. Fogo's so going to be back. Those are four guys who are probably going to cost like at least like three, three and a half million combined. So, uh, unless they decide to move on from one of them, which if anyone, I think it would be Jalen Guyton. So they just completely revamped that receiver mm-hmm. room. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, I see. And remember that, um, you remember that argument I got with that one guy on, on Twitter who said, who was saying we should trade for DJ Moore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I he do. was like, yeah, I got oh, blocked. we can just, 
we can just do with the Saints to just keep pushing money to the future. I'm like, you trade if they traded for DJ Moore, like I don't, I really don't know how they would have like been able to work this cap. Like I don't, I think it would have been. Well, you're talking about for. in that situation, you are cutting Keenan Allen. Like you, yeah, you don't have a at that point. Um, yeah. but yeah, just just for argument's sake here, let's let's add the ones that we think would definitely come back of the restricted free agents. So I think you can definitely put in Cameron Dicker if you haven't already. Um, yeah, so I put I put in Dicker. I'll put in Fahoko. Um, I guess I'll just do like minimums. For Chase Daniel's not coming back. I don't. Derek Tuscan. I don't. I don't think you need to worry about that. Okay, so if I add Fahoko, Scott, and Parham, I feel like I, I might be wrong. I feel like um over the caps like not accounting for this correctly because these all these guys all cost one million, but this is going down mm-hmm. to like half a million. I don't. I'll need to talk to Brad about that, but I guess we'll rock with what over the cap has there. Like, I'm sure their algorithms work fine, but this is like adding in those three and we're sitting at about $4.8 million in cap space. Um, I guess reader would be back in this case, right? If we're not bringing back Drew. Yeah. I think he has to be. Okay. Let me just quickly check how much he made this year. I think he was, I think he was a minimum guy too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was, he was. So he didn't play minimum again. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why it's only going down by like two hundred thousand. Um, so at this point, you probably would be at like what three million dollars in cap space. Yeah, two to three million. I, I I'm not really sure what's going on with OTC, but yeah, it should probably be like two to three. Rex pointing out in the chat is this maybe because some of these guys are under past the f- top fifty one. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a very very good point. So c- signing these players also means that some of these players, you know, lead or are past like the top 51 so yeah this is uh we are we do have a lot of players under contract and like you know the they could like let go some of these other guys Mm -hmm. Um, i haven't like really even thought about that that's a really good point shout out to rex man appreciate that um tyler what what other players do you think maybe could be question marks in this kind of uh scenario after doing these moves I guess what kind of what kind of questions would you have left after this? Uh, I mean, it really comes down to you know what does um, Ryan Ficken want on special teams? You know when when Kelly got hurt, Michael Bandy was the immediate next guy on kickoff return. Does he also want DeAndre Carter back? You know, I do think that he had, does have some swing here. And if they say, "Hey, I want Reader, I want Carter back, and I want you know some other player," maybe it is Jalen Guyton. I don't know then that's what they're going to get because Ficken, I think, deserves to have that sway and I think has had some sway last year with roster management. So it really comes down to, you know, who does Ficken want back? Who does he feel he can replace? Does he want J.K. Scott back? I don't know. Yeah. I assume. Yeah, I I think I think it would make a lot more sense to bring J.K. Scott back than, say, draft a punter because you only have seven draft picks, you know, because that's another thing to consider here that, you know, the Chargers need to to replace a lot of these guys with draft picks. And it's like, you only have seven. So, you know, um, but yeah, Arjun, anything else you want to bring up here in terms of uh, anything uh, restructure or cut or anything else related to, to what we've been doing today? Um, no, I think, you know, we'll, we'll do a recap at the end. That's going to be very long, but I think we covered all of our bases. And the last kind of thing I want to say, like me and Brad put out an article for PFF kind of like predicting where, some of the top free agents on our big board are going to go. I didn't mock any top 50 free agents to the Chargers. 
personally. I just, they don't have the space. They didn't have a need for any of them, honestly. They're filling depth and, you know, trying to get starters. In the top, I, I we're going to put out a 51 to top 100 or 51 to 100. I only mocked three players to the Chargers. And, like, they're all, like, making, like, less than $5 million. One of them was Morgan Fox. The other one was, like, I think Paris Campbell, which I, going back at it, like, I don't really think he's a great fit. But I, I just, like, I had to give the Chargers someone. And I thought, you know, <laughs> they, they need some speed and he's going to he's gonna be cheap given all the injuries, he'd fit in well with the Chargers, I guess. So um, this is just where the Chargers are at. They're not, last offseason was very fun. You know, waiting on the big fish news. This is going to be, we're catching catfish, not sea bass, something like that. If that's a good analogy. Uh, literally sea bass. Very nice. <laughs> that's good. Sebastian Joseph Day. Very good. Nice. Was that, that wasn't intentional, was it? Of course it was. Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. He's a Michigan guy. He, yeah. They're brilliant. There we go. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts here on uh, anybody else you want to bring up? Uh, no. I mean, the, the last like teeter-totter one, depending on the market, is Bryce Callahan. That really just depends on mm -hmm. what he gets in the open market. Again, sort of like Morgan Fox. Nobody wanted him. Nobody signed him. They're happy to let him go. He had a much better year than he did the year previous. But I think that you know he's another guy that could just... like Who was really driving up a lot of excitement for Bryce Callahan at that age? I don't know. I think his best shot really is is to return if he does, but we've already you know talked about and discussed they do have sort of an heir apparent in Jaw Taylor there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would. I mean, I would love Callahan back. I think, uh, you know, I I think he his year was like is a little bit overrated by people. I, it wasn't like this great year like people are saying like he was one of the best slot cornerbacks. I think he was one of he was one of the better slot cornerbacks. I think he was probably like in the nine to thirteen range. And given that he's going to be thirty. Three, I think 30. 33. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't find it. Yeah, he's he's 32 right now. I don't know if he's going to turn 33, but he's going to like that's the age where you see cornerbacks fall off. And like, I don't want to have a Chris Harris Jr. slot year from the slot like they did in 2021 with Staley. Like, that's just like those are the things that kill you. And like, you have to be able to trust your development with Josh Taylor. You have to be able to trust your coaches with like Derek Ansley and and Donatello to like turn jaw taylor into a reliable slot corner and so that you don't have to spend money on callahan to kind of shore up those holes so this also goes back to the charters being able to draft and develop if they don't retain callahan it, it signals to me that they believe in that process but if they bring callahan back it does signal that like maybe they don't think taylor's ready yet and it's going to be weird when jc jackson comes back and you have four corners on the roster and i didn't even entertain the, the possibility of cutting michael davis because i don't want that to happen no, you and can't i don't and just JC is not going to be ready. He's not. And even even if he does come back for the first week, I'm assuming he's going to, you know, I, I'm not going to assume that he's a great corner again. Like he needs to prove that he can play again at a high level. I mean, like as like as of like a month ago, he was barely yeah, getting on a, an exercise bike and was yeah. barely pedaling that thing. So yeah. um, we'll see what happens with JC. A lot of people have asked about what you do with that contract. I don't think you can really afford to restructure that at this point because you're trying to potentially have the flexibility to get out of that contract ASAP, depending on what mm -hmm. kind of happens with his health. So I know we've gotten that question a bunch of times too. I don't know if you wanted to add anything there, Arjun, before we kind of recap things, but yeah, I think with JC, you, you don't want to touch that right now. You want to wait and see how he recovers from this injury. And if you need to cut him after 2024, after next year or whatever, I think you want that flexibility, uh, you know, for, for JC's contract. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, it sucks. It feels like from the outside that the Chargers are waiting to cut JC Jackson, and it's not like it's it's more of a when, not if. 
which sucks, obviously, given that he was probably one of the more high profile free agents last year. But that, that's just where it is. And I'm not going to, you know, in, when I when they did sign him, I was pretty excited for it just because I thought he could be like that Jalen Ramsey piece. But hindsight's always 2020. But after looking at some of the numbers and some of the things that I made for like PFF over the summer, it w- it did feel like a case of like buying him at his peak and buying him for the wrong reasons. They bought him for his ball skills when you want to be buying players for their pre-ball skills, which is like their coverage ability. And it's like his coverage ability was kind of like average, below average, or his pre at the catch point ball skill or like separation stuff was like average, below average. Um, with the Patriots, you know, there's people within the league who have told me that, that like he was never like a great like set like guy at like not separated prevention. Yeah, separated prevention. That's a great word. But instead, he was just amazing at the catch point. And those kind of things are fluky year to year. It depends on the quarterbacks you play. It depends on the receivers you go up against. And so I think, obviously, again, it's going to sound like hindsight, but it just they bought him for the wrong reasons. And they're going to have to hope he can flip it and turn it around. You put you take a man-heavy corner, put him in his own heavy scheme. For some guys like Stephon Gilmore, it works out great. For some guys like J.C. Jackson, it, it's there's a transition. And I think he went through a rough transition. And unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to really, like, you know, and uh, I don't know what the right word is, but like play in the scheme long enough to kind of like get comfortable with it. So uh, that's just where they are. And I think that's a good point that they probably don't want to mess with this contract because they want to have an out as soon as possible. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll touch on Michael Davis. We're getting some questions there for Michael Davis as well. I, I think looking at next year's cap and things like that, you know, an extension mm-hmm. for Michael Davis should, should probably be tabled at this point for, for cap purposes. So um, just a recap for everybody here. Uh, Chargers obviously making the easy cuts here with Matt Filer and Dustin Hopkins. Uh, and then we have them giving a max restructure for Corey Lindsley, uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa um, freeing up about, um, Arjun, I don't know if you have that number from just those three there, but I can't really see, see that far ahead on over the cap. Oh, it's um, like, um, it's about like $32 million, I think, in cap space. Yeah. yeah so it's uh, $6 million, looks like, for Corey Lindsay, 10 for Khalil Mack, and 15 for Joey Bosa. Obviously, if, if you caught the rest of that show uh, today, you heard about the big time cap hits that that creates for Joey Bosa and Khalil <laughs> Mack for next season. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's just where the Chargers are at. And then we re signed Trey Pipkins and Morgan Fox and then added in some exclusive rights and restricted free agents, Cameron Dicker. Braden Fajoko, J.K. Scott, Donald Parham, and then uh, re-signed at Troy Reader as well to the vet minimum. So that leaves the, the Chargers with – and the extension, excuse me, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. So uh, busy, busy show today. Arjun, can't thank you enough for joining us and breaking it all down. Appreciate that. Uh, make sure and be following Arjun this week as he attends the Combine. We'll have uh, a nice show in a couple of weeks, kind of getting his thoughts uh, right before free agency starts, getting some – some insight there from his time at the combine as well. <laughs> so uh, Tyler, Arjun, appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody for tuning in today. Uh, that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next time.